The Tangent Egg Podcast is aimed at a mature audience. It contains themes that are not appropriate for all listeners. It's important to note that we are not experts. We routinely have no idea what we're talking about and are just three idiots sitting around a table. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to the Tangent Egg Podcast, and I'm not going to lie, I'm really freaking tired. Work has been kicking my ass eight ways to Sunday, so I am kind of hoping that Swoosh and John do are here to bring it because... I've got nothing. <laughs> oh, boy. So, like, I've just been surviving, uh, like, the hyper flu that's been going around, which is great. Thankfully, not COVID, which is even more fun. <laughs> I'm surviving there being no bosses at work and dragging the chain. Just trying to get through it all. So, just, there's no oversight in a winery. No, there's no winemakers to give jobs. So, oh, there's 20 oh. people standing around going, What do we do? We so, drink! There's seven jobs for 20 people, so we have to try and make our way through it. Fair. That sounds like fun. Yeah. Find something to do and pressure wash the floor. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is a really fun and satisfying thing, though. Like, just pressure washing anything. It can like, be. You get a, a nice black build-up on the side of tanks. You stand there with a pressure washer, you draw a little picture, then go through, paint the whole thing in, then go to the next tank. Yeah. You do that for eight hours, it can pass a day pretty well. And listen to a lot of audiobooks anyway. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like we, not like we haven't been sele- sending loads of them to you. <laughs> no, and I've been working my way through them. They've been bloody good. That Blue Wolf is a good one. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought you would like it. Like I said, you said you, you, you liked the, the more military style stuff, and that just adds a little bit of fantasy to it. I love Darwin. <clears throat> yeah. The, the whole setting for it was really cool. I mean, you got through the first Monster Hunter International as well. Did you end up getting the second one? Uh, it's on my playlist, but then I Ooh. started listening to Blue Wolf and then I was already halfway through another book, so I thought, I'll just step back to that. And then I got absorbed into that again. So <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like partway through two books at the moment and meaning to go back to a third book, so it's... Where the hell do I stop and start? See, I blame you guys entirely for the fact that I have uh, picked up Audible. Um, so that's <laughs> a thing that's happened in the last couple of weeks. So I'm listening to Mythos by uh, Stephen Fry. Oh, so good. I hear good things. Hear oh, good it, things. it's it's wonderful. The way he, to- he tells it, it sounds like a really fun story and I like it. I do want to do that he- one. Yeah, the one he, way he talks as well. I've just been setting it to like you know forty five minutes and go to go to sleep, so mm. I get to go to sleep. This happens, Stephen Fry narrating a, a great book. The, the way he tells <laughs> right. it, it's just like a story he's reading out of a book, not an entire culture's religious belief. Yeah, which mm. is it, just it's amazing. Makes it a lot more accessible. It really does. Like the way he breaks it all down, and it's interesting. But it's also the same way he does everything else. So it jumps around. It's kind of sporadic. Exactly. And then they had this child who will come into it later. Like, ooh, what's going to happen? His next <laughs> book, Heroes, is in the very same vein, but more the the demigods' children and yeah. how they fit into the whole thing. So Hercules and everywhere from there. It's really cool. Ooh, that's got, So basically all the random animals and people yeah. that Zeus has fucked. Yeah, all, the, all of Zeus's children, the whole menagerie of species and races. <laughs> Fun times. Mm. I'm still trying to... I, I've almost finished um, Mercenary for Hire 
from the Black Ocean stuff. Um, that's not been bad. It's had some ups and downs, and I will admit the back half has been more entertaining than the front half. Um, did you finish that one, John Doe? Uh, again, another one I've started, and I think yeah. I'm three or four books into like the 90-something hours. And I know, so right? I'm like maybe 20 hours into it, 16 to 20 mm. hours in, and I had to oh. have a break. That's fair. Um, I mean, like, I, I've got my palate cleanser lined up straight for after it. Like, I've been reading this super hopeful, like, you know, Esper's going around the galaxy trying to right the wrongs and do the good things and all that kind of stuff. And the next book I have queued up is about the Death Corp of Krieg. <laughs> nice. It's like, oh, so what am I going from hopeful space stuff to the most horrible planet to live on in 40k? <laughs> Yeah, I have a question though, because the title was uh, Mercenary for Hire, right? Yes. What kind of shit mercenary isn't for hire? Like, One that does it for fun. But like, I don't know why, but that stuck in my head for a second. There, it's like mercenary for hire. Like, they are by definition for hire. <laughs> Mer- mercenary did, for did no one in the editing process ever mention this to the author? Like, you do know that they're always for hire, right? Like, shut up and go away. <laughs> I'm not for hire, I mean, I'm only for long-term personal contracts. It's actually kind I'm of... Makes, it kind of makes sense for Esper, though, because um, in the if, in the book, she doesn't always work for the person who's paying her. Uh, like, the first person sends her to get uh, her daughter back, and it turns out, eventually, that Esper was taking the money, but had basically no intention of ever returning her. Her goal was to help the daughter. Because she's the one that Esper thought needed help. Oh, so, fair. yeah, she's for hire, but that doesn't mean she's working for you. <laughs> I'm for Ooh, horror. Like I'm that. for hire. My moral obligations are not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Nice. Well, I feel like we should move on to... Well, I mean, like, there's your weekly book club. <laughs> <laughs> we do happen to do that a lot. Like, Yeah. Well, what can we I like say? We like books. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so we just had the the Star Wars celebration for this year and we got the big list of like the big ticket things that were announced or anything to do with at that one and I'm just going to run down the list real quick so we've got of course Obi-Wan Kenobi's out we'll talk about it a little later in the podcast uh, we've I got have feelings to say yes I know you do Swoosh you've been very vocal about that <laughs> Uh, we've got the release date for well not quite the release date the release month for the next season of Mandalorian which I'm very much looking forward to and that's coming out in February 2023 more Mando will be good Mm. we've got two new series Tales of the Jedi and Andor which are interesting we don't quite know much about either one yet Uh, we did just get the trailer drop for Andor though and it looks a little more Kind of like like the vibe Rogue One was doing, but didn't commit to. So yeah. we'll have to kind of wait slightly and see. darker and the uh, underhanded tactics that any rebellion has to use. If yeah. they don't go into so, how many Bothans die to do anything, I'll be sorely disappointed. <laughs> I still maintain that was um, a typo. I love the tag and Bing version of that. Hmm. Yes, um, which was like many both hands. So like, many both hands died for this information. It's like, oh right, it's like a fuzzy line. So it gets, it's like many Bothans died. I sent them to get coffee. So many Bothans died. 
Um, oh. Of course, we heard a little bit more about Ahsoka, which is, of course, looking to be very good, and Ahsoka's kind of a fan favourite, so hmm. I think everyone's kind of looking forward to see what she's got coming out, and that's slated for 2023 as well. Uh, we're getting they're sticking with the samurai vibe for her. Yeah, I got so Mando. Too. Yeah, Mando's doing the cowboy thing, and she's yeah. doing the Ronin samurai kind of things. Like you, you've found those two things you merged together really well originally, and you split them apart and working on them like well and truly. Like I like this. Yeah, I mean the episode where they had them both together, like mm. she's in the in the palace fighting the girl with the the Beskar spear. Yeah. And they're having their, their real, like, you know, wire-fu fucking duel. And then out in the street, Mando's out there having a quick draw fight. It's like, yeah. man, this juxtaposition is great. Uh, it was great. I loved that. Uh, <clears throat> next up, we're getting another round of Star Wars Visions. Um, yes. Excellent. I quite liked Visions. I mean, some of them were a bit too kiddie for my liking. Like, the guy who was like, I am just going to absolutely rip off Astro Boy was a little like come on yeah but there were other ones in there that were amazing I mean Trigger's one was great um I still really like the black and white one with the lightsaber umbrella which, yeah oh yes that was fun. I was into it I was I, I was, was absolutely great. happy for that one I'd like it if they could make a few of those a little more canon not just out there one shots if they a little bit more into it because some of them were pretty wild They're like holy shit that is really cool if that could actually mm. be part of the universe not just in an alternate alternate universe yeah I was like not all of them centered around just a Jedi it was yeah. other things going mm. on like I like seeing the expanded universe of Star yes. Wars like yes Jedi and Sith are a thing neat you, you've established that show me a bunch of smugglers doing a run for mm. fuck's sake I want to see something like that it'd be great see the only problem with like canonizing stuff like um like visions is then you'd have to be able to actually go okay we have to canonically accept that you can connect a lightsaber to the jump drive of an x-wing and then cut a ship in half with it i would so watch that movie though god damn (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) give the fans what they want They've already canonized the fact that you can suicide bomb with a frigate and for some reason the rebellion wasn't doing that all yeah. you need is a hyperdrive in a bulky enough ship, and you can take out a dreadnought. Like, why was no one doing? Why wasn't the Empire doing they that? They completely like, oh, made got... the, the Death Star obsolete immediately in one yeah. scene. Yeah. yeah. If anyone can do this, why do you need a Death Star? All you need is just a big ass block of iron and a jump drive. Because yes, he's providing jobs. Swoosh, that's what it is. He's providing jobs uh, to yeah, build yeah. a Death Star. He's helping the economy. He's a good bloke. No, that's true. And then the well, rebels mean, came up and killed him. The, yeah, the universe was significantly more stable under the Empire. Yeah, very much true. so. And Canonically, well, it was like flourished a bit. Like, technically, oh, okay. he did bring balance. There were thousands of Jedi and only two Sith, and now there's fuck all Jedi. So he balances those scales more a little more, bit. <laughs> more and more Jedi keep showing up having not been killed by Order 66. Well, they're sort of weeds. You Every time they pop a head up, you got to... Yeah take him off get that lawnmower in there pretty much <laughs> I the mean, weed killer that is Vader <laughs> I mean, speaking of that stuff we're getting another se- they've confirmed and shown the trailer for the next season of The Bad Batch which I am Ooh. super into I love The Ooh, Bad yes. Batch I, I enjoyed that first season like immensely it's great uh, but it was like the same mob who did Rebels I think 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Rebels and Clone War, it's all the same group. Yeah. And I liked all their stuff. It was great. Um, Rebels started off being like, oh, it's a, it's a kid's show. And then it started getting dark. The I thing like, I hate about Rebels is Ezra has the best saber and then gets rid of it. Yeah, they, they he has the blaster saber, so it's a... Yes, it's a gun with between. a saber blade. Yeah, it's like switches between them, and I liked that. And then it's like, oh no, you have to grow up and just have a lightsaber. Like, fuck you. Keep oh. your weird individual lightsaber. Like, the hell with the Jedi Order. When you got into, like, the crossguard block thing that happens in, like, every sword fight that ever happens... Imagine getting into that and just being like, and I shoot you with a stun bolt. <laughs> well, they gave it to uh, the master, Kanan, in one of the fights, and that's what he exactly did. I liked that. It, it was so cool. I loved it. And then they're just like, no, he's got to have a normal <clears throat> one. Fuck you. Yeah. He needs to have a normal one. Although, speaking of guys with like weird lightsabers, we got the trailer for, for the next, for, uh, the next uh, follow-up to Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor. Oh, yeah. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I, that one. I'm not gonna I need lie. to replay that game. Like that was a great game. Yes, yes it was. Um I'm not sure how they're gonna depower you for this one, although I do have a theory. Um I get the feeling you'll probably play a little bit of the game as like full power. Mm. And then in the trailer they show uh some unknown Sith beating him up and taking his sword away I get the feeling that's where they're gonna use to depower you so that you you aren't just a death machine yeah and in the next scene though what's interesting though is they show him with just blasters so we might actually get blaster combat um from the main character this time that'd be fun a Jedi John Wick yeah yeah a, a Jedi gun foo. That would be so awesome. <laughs> like, the thing is, like, the only oh, no, they, they don't killed use my Wookiee. I must kill everybody. <laughs> Why don't Jedi use other weapons, though? Like, it's like, oh, we have a sword that cuts through things. That's cool and all. But legitimately, give this guy a bunch of guns and see what happens. Mm. Like, why are we restricting you to just a sword? By the same token, they don't make a lightsaber 10 foot long. You can stand back and just wiggle it and sort out a whole heap yeah. of problems. There doesn't seem to be a range on how far they can go. No. Just ramp that thing up. Like, yeah, cool. Poke. Just it's like light, I was like, um, laser pointers and airplanes. The reason you can't play with them outside. Like, that, with a lightsaber. Yeah. Great. Uh, anything else for Star Wars coming? Uh, I mean, other than that, it's mostly uh, miscellaneous stuff we don't have a huge amount of info about. Hmm. Um, I mean, there's, there's the, what is it, light and magic? Uh, Star Wars Skeleton Crew, the High Republic stuff, and then just a whole lot of miscellaneous uh, announcements. Skeleton we... Crew is an interesting title. Like that would have to be like a long run frigate or something. I think maybe, um... maybe it's like a prison break. <laughs> it's a skeleton crew of guards. And I mean, like because this is is you know. Uh, LucasArts um, and and all that we got the uh, teaser shot for the new Indiana Jones oh yeah I forgot they were doing another one I mean Harrison Ford's coming back to play him so I mean would we accept anyone else because the only other person they ever had lined up for that was Shia LaBeouf and that got dumped pretty hard but yeah I, I wouldn't even say it was him it was the movie itself that got dumped pretty hard Mm. Yeah, he Crystal Skull great, was pretty but, terrible. Yeah, he wouldn't have been great, but 
that movie itself shot it in the foot long before they got a, a launch pad for any sequel. Yeah. So what is it this time? Escape from the retirement home or? <laughs> the got, quest no, for more meds. Try- <laughs> it'd, it'd be him trying to break into a, a retirement home so that, you know, the artifact can be in a museum. Uh, yeah, true. That'll work. <laughs> He gets killed. All I want is if it's because I'm assuming it'll be the last one for Harrison Ford for he passes the torch on or something. Just for someone to yell that man belongs in the museum at some point, <laughs> I'd be happy. That would be good. Uh that's pretty much it. Uh for the, the celebration of it. Like I said, there's a bunch of miscellaneous other stuff. Um But yeah, that they're like the big like hit point ones that, that I think are important. Yeah, it's some good shit. I'm, I'm looking forward to what we've got coming down the pipe. We're finally getting out of that slump during the year where content just wasn't coming out. Jesus Christ, there's so many TV shows I've got to freaking watch. Fuck. Yeah. I can't keep up with coming. what's already out there, let alone any more. Jeez, yeah. I've got too many stuff. games to play. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Uh, I've so still got to put out my, my fucking games for next month video. Mm. Ugh. Um... Although it's a little trim, game wise. Uh, no, but it's sure the back catalog that came out in the last few months. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, the back catalog is is long and eternal. The back catalog is real. Yes, it is. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, it is. Although, like, there is like one game that I'm like super excited for. Where the fuck is it? I can't find when it's fucking coming out. Uh, the quarry that that I am looking for. Oh yes, so I much. saw something of that pop up. Was I didn't look too far into it, but is that the same guys who did um, until dawn? Until dawn. Mm. Yes. It like I, so they've been doing those dark picture anthology ones, which have apparently like I haven't played them all. Although from what I understand, they got better as they went along. They seem to sort of dial into whatever vibe they were looking for. But the the quarry is the next big full length just like Until Dawn game they're doing nice so I'm pretty keen for that I, I'd be keen for that one I I really enjoyed Until Dawn that was a great game yeah, I yeah, like how there's a, a resurgence of like B grade horror movies like the the old camp horror movies that have really come mm. back in game form like because they were massive through the 90s and early 2000s and oh, yeah. then they just disappeared like yeah. There were so many, and oh, I'm glad they're actually sort of coming back a little more and being a little more visceral. I like that they're yeah. coming back and are bringing along with them the point-and-click genre. Yeah. That is true. We're getting some weird merging of things, and I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah, very much so. I'm super into it. Mm. Like, that's probably where that genre will end up, I think, because, like... It's the movies were always fun, and you always go back and rewatch those campy horror movies. They're great fun, mm. um, and they were very straightforward formula. Big scary thing turns up and starts hunting people down. Survive. The, it yeah. works as a game more than a movie, like pretty well. I'd, I'd like a game version of Cabin in the Woods, where like the characters turn up, Ooh. and depending on what they do in that cabin, <clears throat> depends on what starts hunting them. That would be awesome. That would be pretty fun. So like, that would be great. And you don't know which character is going to trigger which monster because there's like quite a few little triggers there. So 
they divvy up and someone turns a key and opens a music box while someone else is looking into a lake and you don't know which one's going to hit you that would be awesome well see the thing that would work the best about that is actually because of that company's design philosophy uh, with multiplayer yeah Mm. Uh, I don't know if you played any of them that way. Uh, the basic idea is, like, if two characters are split up, there'll be, like, a story going on at the same time. When they run the multiplayer, they have you playing those sequences at the same time. A really good example is from the first Dark Pictures game, where there's two characters that are swimming around a shipwreck, and two characters up on a boat. The characters up on the boat are trying to use the barbecue but they fuck it up and the gas bottle explodes. The player underneath, on the other hand, who's just swimming around in the ocean, just sees the boat explode. So they have to make choices based on the limited information they have about what the fuck did just happen on the boat. So if you had a setup where, like, you could get random extra triggers that you don't know about that the other player triggered while you weren't even watching, that would be very interesting. That would be pretty fun, actually. That would be very, very cool. That I would be keen to play through that. That'd be interesting. Well, right, make get... this. Someone, <laughs> please. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if the studio does eventually. Yeah. Um, slightly getting away from stuff we like to stuff we absolutely fucking despise. The mm. new Nuno Kuni game, Crossworlds, that just released on mobile is doing the NFT thing. Yeah. And doing it poorly, they're yeah. they're going completely play to earn. But in doing that, you then need to transfer it into several different variations of token before you can then transfer it into an NFT to then spend on anything in store. And that is so many steps of like this is a kids game, right? Oh, they're also taking a cut of out of every out of every step of it. Oh, of course. So you transfer to one token, you lose a bit and another token to lose a bit more and eventually you get to an NFT where they take their own little healthy little percentage out of that and you can still Jeez. buy everything including the top end content from the beginning of the game with the NFTs that you then go out and purchase with your own real money so all they're chasing is I... a few whales to burn all the cash and screw anyone else Jesus Christ that is horrible why I mean like at the same time it's a mobile game so you expect some in-game purchases but I swear mobile games are where any franchise goes to die that and racing games every time yeah yeah but they can at least come back from a racing game like you can still pull back kind of from a racing game like look at uh, was it uh, my brain just died not Banjo-Kazooie they did do a racing game and they died yeah, they died horribly it, from the racing game. Yeah. Um, it's Crash, Bandicoot. Crash, Crash yeah. Bandicoot. Crash Bandicoot. Back, yeah. And Sonic. Uh, the Sonic mm, Racing. I don't. I don't know if Crash pulled back. Their new release did pretty okay. The new uh, remake. Yeah, yeah but, and then it got fucking shredded. Yeah, true. People and, were like, "Oh my god, Crash Bandicoot!" Not, "Oh my god, this game is good." Yeah, true. Yeah, it was more nostalgia <clears throat> than a, a, a decent game. There was Sonic Racing, and then there were a few newer games released after that, which did all right. And then to complete, I don't think Sonic's. Jobs. I don't think Sonic's ever recovered from the internet. <laughs> the internet did some horrible things to the Sonic no, franchise. He's still sitting in a corner scrubbing. He just can't get the internet off his skin. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never go away. It's there never. forever now. 
That being said, Sonic Mania was very good. Yeah, that's true. Although, I am not particularly happy with the new Sonic game that's going to be coming out that has lots of weird microtransaction bullshit in it. Is he a werewolf again as well? Because no, let's do that no. again. <laughs> so they did a remake of Sonic 1, 2, 3 and Knuckles and Sonic CD on the Sonic Mania engine so that yeah. it runs really well. But they included a, like, like finishing stuff will get you coins. I don't know why it wasn't rings. I mean, come the fuck on. But if they wanted something better than rings, it could have just been emeralds. I mean, fuck, like, they had so like, many options apart from coins. But they used coins, and there's some kind of, like, in-game shop for, like, unlocking music tracks and stuff like this. I, It's like, why? Why are you putting this fucking shit in here? It has hmm. no reason to be here. It's really, really dumb. Money. That is why. <laughs> I like yeah, money. But people get money out of people for things that they can at least enjoy. This that is, is true. not something that's going to make the game any better or more fun. It's yeah. just needless bullshit. <clears throat> well... Um, at least they don't have friggin' cosmetics in it where you get to slightly change one of the, the spines on his back or change the colour of his shoes and charge a shit down <laughs> through the nose for that. At least they yeah. didn't do what Halo did at one point and was a blood gulch to get that in one... I think it was Halo 3. You had to pay extra. Uh, yeah. They had it as a, a downloadable map only you had to pay for. That was really, a dick move. I mean, it's hard because, like, a lot of games do that. If they get an iconic map, it becomes a way to sell a DLC pack. Mm. Well, this wasn't even a DLC. It was just like, you want that map? No, ten bucks. It's like, guys, come yeah. on! Just because it's the one we always played, and then we bought it, and you know, we caved to the well, pressure. Every iteration of COD's got their iconic <coughs> map that they bring out as a pre-order bonus, whether it be Nuketown or any of the others that I don't remember because I never played Nuketown. <laughs> I only remember yeah. Nuketown. <laughs> I assume there's a nuke in there somewhere. It's set in, like, Nevada, where they tested all the nukes. And, but oh. Each, oh, okay, yeah. But each iteration of the game, depending on the setting... Um, so, for I think it first appeared in Black Ops, so it was actually pretty close to how it was set up, with the two buildings and two buses and mannequins all over the place. And then uh, another Black Ops game that had a, a change to it that made it feel a little different, like a sort of hard to explain it but they change the aesthetic of it with each iteration with the theme of the game and they slightly update it but the core map itself is identical every time with a slight change See, on the, the only thing, if you change like the graphics and just upgrade it each time that'd be fine but the one thing I would want is just occasionally one or two of the mannequins move <laughs> shift <laughs> ever so slightly or just every now and again a mannequin comes to life and kills the nearest player and then go back to still like the that would be great the, the angels in Doctor Who like yeah. yeah. No one would ever believe them either. Just no. like one in a hundred games. Like, I swear this happened. No, I don't know what you're sure talking you about. Did. Sure you and did. the kill feed just shows some random player shooting someone else somewhere else on the yeah. map. A magic bullet taking them out. <laughs> I would also accept every now and then, randomly, every mannequin on the map just turns to look at one player. <laughs> yes. Oh, that would be a good one, actually. That'd be great. Well... I feel like we need to shift into what is going to be a somewhat extensive spoiler section. My apologies, but we'll keep it a little light for the first one, which is, I think we need to talk about Kenobi. Hell yeah. Yay. Oh, you're a bit lukewarm on it, Swoosh. Uh, I mean, like, 
I enjoyed aspects of it. I really enjoyed McGregor as Kenobi. He plays a grumpy old bastard Jedi really, really well. Um, my issue comes with... The, it's the same issue I had with Gotham, where mm. it's they're shoehorning in tiny versions of the more popular characters, or the other ones. I didn't so, really hate their young Leia. Like, that it kid She talks like a worse. middle-aged therapist. Yes, yes, she does. It annoys the shit out of me. A ten-year-old should not speak that way. At all. They're also trying to set up the whole thing of her having force abilities without having force abilities. Because there's a... Which is running through the woods and somehow shunks under a tree. And it's like, that was clearly CG and a force ability. What the fuck? But to Just me, to... reading her cousin of... Like, yeah. I'm going to read you down to a T and absolutely cut you to ribbons. And then 20 minutes later, uh, what? I don't know who you are. I'm not going to trust you. That sort of frustrated yeah. the hell out of me. Like, set a rule and then stick to it. So you don't see either of those things as a force power use. So <clears throat> neither one of them bothered me. <laughs> Fair. But it's like, I, yeah, I, I, it's the same issue I have with Gotham where it's like tiny Batman and tiny Catwoman. It's like, I don't care. This was meant to be something we had that didn't involve the Skywalker family for once. Can we just move away from them? No, I'm not. I left. But it, I just want to remove the Skywalkers from Star Wars at this point. They've had their time. We get new things now. Look, you weren't going to be able to do um, Kenobi without the Skywalkers being involved. Like, to a just point, yeah. But... That just wasn't going to happen. We've got stuff like Ahsoka and and the... Fuck, we were just talking about all that stuff. Like, all that stuff is your hmm. not Skywalker stuff. You were never going to clear a Kenobi show without the Skywalkers being involved. I was fine and, with it being the distant thing where he was like just keeping track of Luke on the farm. That was fine. I didn't give a, a hell about that. But it's when he's like, oh, it's now I have to go and kidnap Leia and she's going to be around the entire season. I'm guaranteeing it. It's just... Uh, she'll, be the, she'll be the new Grogu. Yeah. I, I just don't hate her that much. Like, I've seen way more annoying kid actors playing way oh, yeah. shittier oh, characters. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Doctor Strange. Hmm. Yeah. I don't hate the character. It's just one of those things that it sets me off and it's kind of annoying. Where it's just like, why? You talk like an adult, but you're 10. And you, you're just small and stop. Just write kids as kids or leave them out of it. Like, why are you making this tiny, ti- tiny child a therapist? Because if you, also fails it, if, if you write a 10-year-old as a 10-year-old, they're more annoying. No, that's true. She would be infinitely more annoying if she was written like a 10-year-old. Yeah, she might talk like a therapist... But it makes it tolerable. To a point. And yeah. the child they actually chose to get to say those words says them pretty well. Mm. Um, there's definitely way worse that could have gone than than what they actually did. Yeah. And I believe he actually comments on it how he doesn't sound like a she doesn't sound like a normal child. Yes. After he rescues her, he's like So at least they acknowledge it that it's not just a forty year old in a ten year old's body. That no. I'm fine with. But it's just like, it, I don't know why, but it just irks me that watching the entire series. I do like where the certain things are going. Oh, look, I love yeah. the idea that uh, Kenobi's, like, he's weakened with the Force because he hasn't used it for ten years. Mm. I thought that was a great idea. It's like, it's not the whole, like, I cut myself off from the Force. It's just like, oh, my Force muscles have atrophied. But it's it, also weird, like, little things like he immediately goes and gets the lightsaber. 
Why? No, no. The thing I thought was dumb was he goes and gets the lightsaber knowing full well if he ever uses it or someone sees him with it, he's fucked. He also uh, knows the Inquisitors are in town, so he wears it on his hip. And wears it straight on, out on flashes it. Like, just, whoop, yeah. here it is. Come get me. Yeah, when he's getting on the ship at the end of the first episode. It's oh, like, yeah, I'm just going to put this in my pocket, showing the lightsaber to the like, world. Like, back why? holster or something if you still want to take it with you so that your coat will always cover it. But, like, why on the hip? It's so dumb. I would have honestly preferred it had he just gone out with a blaster and they would have left the lightsaber for, like, a big reveal at the, the last point, like the big jewel at the end. Yeah. Uh, that would be great. Think, I think the problem is he's not going to get back to Tatooine until the end of the movie. So they wouldn't yeah. have had... Oh, not movie, the series. Mm. So he wouldn't have had a chance to go back and get it. Yeah. And they kind of lampshaded it when he told the other kid, like, go out into the desert, bury your saber, forget it. Yeah. The, I did quite enjoy they had the the throwback to a clone trooper standing there, help a veteran. Like, still yeah, with yeah, 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 that was pretty like, that fun. Was, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Like, there were definitely aspects of that show I enjoyed, but... Oh, uh, look, production-wise, like, holy crap, they, like, they're making new aliens. They're not even just mm. recycling all the ones we've already seen. There's so many practical alien effects in this fucking yeah. show. It's like, Jesus Christ, how is this considered a TV show? I, I'm actually really glad they're doing proper effects again. They haven't gone straight back to CG and, like, please, just keep the CG out of it as best you can. Star Wars worked best when you had puppets. Like, yeah. Muppets. Muppets are great. <laughs> the, a Muppet Star Wars would be gold. I'd, oh, I'd happily go back actually... to... I'd go back to like, happily watching Skywalkers if it was all Muppets. <clears throat> yes. Pretty much. No, what I want... Um, it popped up online years ago, but I want a Muppet D&D movie. Ooh, where it's yeah. just the Muppets playing D&D. You make it live action, so when they're actually fighting as things it's like random actors doing it all so you have like you know I don't know Chris Hemsworth running around being voiced by Kermit like <laughs> dubbed over with Kermit the Frog so as the the Muppets as the the players or the the D&D world or have the people who actually do the voices of the Muppets playing D&D and in their mind's eye of the world around them is the Muppet characters Either no, could I, work, but I want I to see the Muppets it, playing D&D and actual yeah. people like acting it out. That'd be great. Yeah, no, I think it would work much better that way because then you can have some like massive disconnects. Like you could have like, oh, here's the Barbarian played by Jason Momoa, voiced by Miss Piggy. <laughs> no, no, you make the Barbarian Beaker. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> or Animal. Either one of those would work fine. No, I like Beaker because, again, you'd want some dude who's, like, absolutely huge. Again, your Momoa or your... Um, mm, like the rock. the rock. Yeah. And just going, meep. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'd have Animal as that a bard. That shouldn't be good. You walk, into the, you walk yeah. into the tavern and it's like, he pulls out his instrument <laughs> and just goes fucking ham. <laughs> yes. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And the, like, the oh, last no, you see of that character that... is Animal walking out through the tavern doors with all the chicks like, just wrapped around him, just Animal's gone. <laughs> <laughs> that that mean, would be... Actually, there is someone who would be perfectly fit to play Animal, but his, I, his name has escaped me. I feel like whoever played it they'd have to play a monk for Miss Piggy just so she could walk around karate chopping people yeah <laughs> oh get the um there's a chick who's been 
great for for a while. Uh, actually, no, get Dave Grohl to play Animal. Oh, absolutely, as, yes. As a bard, he's got the hair for it. Yes. I I would pay to watch that movie. Uh, not gonna lie. There are so many genres or movies that could be redone as Muppets and be instant classics. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And but I want to see more of that. Even keep the exact same script, run through the same thing, just throw Muppets at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Our generation would happily watch that. Oh, Sh- with that question, <laughs> Shawshank Muppet Edition. I would watch the shit oh out of that. God, that'd be amazing. <laughs> oh, that'd be perfect. All I can imagine is the giant black guy as Rolf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Rolf. Hell, I, I mean, don't know why oh. my brain just immediately made him Rolf. But they did, um, was it the most recent Muppet movie was the Haunted Mansion. That was pretty yeah. fun. <sighs> that one felt a little like we just wanted to do something with the Muppets. Yeah. Not necessarily do something good with the Muppets. Maybe they just wanted to make sure like they didn't fall into public domain and had to make a movie. <laughs> Maybe, uh, or they'd return rights to some... I don't fucking know. Yeah. All I, Actually, like, I watched it. It wasn't that bad. Yeah. On that subject, though, did you notice that Winnie the Pooh has gone into um, public domain? Oh, Original yeah. Winnie the Pooh. So, yeah. like, yeah. red shirt Winnie the Pooh is not clear. That's still Disney. It's hmm. the original story that he was made from. Yeah, the original story has now hit public domain... And there is a horror movie based on Winnie the Pooh coming. I've got to watch that. It's going to oh, be bad. I'm going to watch so much of it. I've only seen like one still from it, and it looks horrible, but I want to see it. It's like Texas <sighs> yeah. Chainsaw Massacre, but Winnie the Pooh. I fucking know, right? Uh, it's oh. going to be It's gonna be real dumb. I'm, it's so, going to be hilarious. I'm curious if it's going to be like bloke in a Winnie the Pooh mask, as well as a story, or whether it's actually anthropomorphic creatures from the beyond that just come out and cause havoc I'm curious which way they're going to go with that maybe it's going to be like the anthropomorphic versions of them running around trying to kill Christopher Robin since they're each meant to display a certain kind of psychosis or a certain kind of mental illness I mean that doesn't really hold up once you really try because most people just start with Eeyore and go from there and Eeyore's low hanging fruit the the first half second of the movie is Eeyore just shotgun bam gone <laughs> God damn. Oh, like, that's literally the opening thing like title screen Eeyore what am I gonna do bang done that's it next character oh. that's what psychologically breaks Pooh and makes him go on his rampage <laughs> yeah he was the there splattered brain he saw it all <laughs> just picking up extra stuffing to pat himself <laughs> <laughs> he's part of me now <laughs> So moving the sad from little part. A, <laughs> moving from a movie that we would all absolutely watch, I'm the only one who watched Maverick. Yeah, you're the only one who subjected themselves to that. Uh, look, a couple of my friends wanted to go, and I'm like, all right, sure, I'll go check it out, partially because I'd get to talk to about it on this podcast. And, uh, yeah, it's... Look, I'm going to start by just talking about the stuff that is good, because I'm... I've got some rather negative things to say about this film. But I do want to praise it for the stuff that is good. The action scenes all look really great. All the flying and dogfighting stuff is really, really well done. But from what I've been told, they got something like 800 hours of flight footage for this movie. So if you're an editor and you 
cannot make good action scenes out of 800 hours of flight footage, just just stop editing things. Yeah, like, at that point, give up. Uh, no. I mean, like, at the start of the movie, they really, like, immediately dial you in with Danger Zone playing, and there's some great music choices. And so they pluck the nostalgia string really early then. Yes, yes, yeah. they do. They sort of have um, to to get you back into it, because... Mm, no one's really cared about it in a long time but that's basically everything nice I have to say about it here's all the shit I really fucking hated before we get into that though does Tom Cruise run in this one yes yes he does oh he does have his long run he's gotta get his cardio in yeah fucking Um, Tom Cruise okay so uh, I'm gonna be super spoilery here so if you don't wanna hear it the podcast sure, ends can, here for you. I can't really give you a time code. I specifically did this toward the end of the podcast because it's probably going to be the last thing we talk about. Um, so, uh, the movie starts with Tom Cruise working as a test pilot for the military. He has not advanced at all in his career the entire time he has not been on screen. Uh, Considering the what, numerous laws he broke in the first one, that does not surprise me. Oh yeah, I watched a, a, what is it, a Legal Eagle video recently where he got yeah. an actual JAG lawyer on to talk about it and it's like, oh yeah, this dude would be in prison. He, yeah. he is not a free man. Uh, so he's a test pilot and they're <laughs> about to have their whole thing shut down because of a drone program that wants to take their funding and they're like, oh, they'll keep us going if you can hit Mark 10 in this super experimental jet which was only supposed to be going Mark 9. It wasn't ready to do Mark 10 yet. But, of course, Tom Cruise is like, we can get it there, and if we get it done before the dude comes to shut us down, then, well, they can't shut us down. So you mean he, he can reach the, plane. the danger zone? Yeah. <laughs> so he launches the plane, and they, they do the whole thing, and, of course, he gets it up to Mach 10. And they're like, okay, now stop. Like, you need to stop. You've got what we need. You don't need to go any higher. But, you know, it's it's Maverick, so he's like, I've got to go higher. He ends up getting it up to 10.3 before the entire plane explodes in a fireball. Wow, okay. So that's his which, career shot to hell. Which he survives somehow, ejecting at Mark 10. Now, I don't know what oh. Mark 10 would do to the human body, but given the fact that the thing looks like the Challenger spacecraft explosion, yeah, I'd would mostly call him dead by that but you know who knows he apparently gets out of it with the wherewithal to walk into a town and go get a cup of water and find a phone so you know he comes out of it pretty much unscathed but he just blew up a multi-million if not billion dollar experimental plane that he was told to not go over mark 10 in like how the fuck anyone trusts him with jack shit after that irrespective of the fact that in this movie that, that's uh, a court marshalling. That, that, that's a court marshalling right there and there. I'm pretty sure that's a firing right there. Yeah. Uh, the idea in this movie, though, is that Iceman from the first movie has been has risen to the rank of Admiral. and wow. has basically, he was just as bad. I don't know. He didn't bust uh, the tower. He's risen to the rank. Mm. <laughs> he's an Admiral now, and he's basically been having Mavericks back the entire time. So every time someone's like, get him out of here, Iceman's like, no... But, you know, really, there's only so far before the Court of Military Justice to be like, fuck you, Admiral, we don't listen to you, boo. We're going to go do what we need to do to this motherfucker. But, of course, he gets called back to Top Gun because they've got a super secret mission that only he's wild enough to train the pilots for. Um, 
they have their dumb introductory scene with all the pilots where no one uses the name. They all use their call signs for literally no reason. Um, and of course, one of the pilots is Goose's son, who's the pilot, who's uh, Maverick's co-pilot who died in the if first movie. If he doesn't movie. get killed ejecting, the entire movie is a waste. Yeah. Well, it's a, well I'll spoil it right now. It's a waste. <laughs> um, of course, his call sign is Rooster. Uh, after that, pretty much. Um, they have their dick character, who is a guy called Hangman, and he's called Hangman because he always leaves his co-pilot, his uh, wingman, out to dry. It's some dumb thing, but whatever. He's just supposed to be the douchebag pilot. Um, they then do all the training to to get him ready to go do this super secret, super dangerous mission where they've got to fly up a canyon, then do the super bank turn, then hit a tiny fucking target which they refer to as a miracle shot that they have to do twice because they're essentially doing the fucking shooting the reactor core hole from fucking Star Wars. So they even got a trench run. I was saying they're not even hitting womp rats in a T-16. Jeez. No. (laughs) The idea is that they have to shoot the mark once with a missile to blow it open and then shoot a missile down the hole. So they learn and actually put ventilation ports. Holy shit, they put a gate over the vent. They so the, I- the, thing. the idea in this one is like it's a rogue nation that is uh, enriching uranium to do something with and they're like nope 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 we're gonna go blow up the uranium cool. facility so before you use so it is, we can't say it's North Korea <laughs> oh, no, no, but it's North it's Korea not, it's not Korea it's not Korea it's a country that is snowy huh. that possesses a hind as their chopper of choice Hmm. And would use red accents pretty commonly in their uh, in their color designs. Ah, I, I wonder, wonder what it could be. fucking country this is. <laughs> it's like Dora the Explorer at this point. Who could it be? <laughs> I know, but they never say it. They never say what the country is or who they are. Um, all of their jets are just referred to as Gen Five jets, so they're not tied to any country. But then they used a hind. Nah. But we're not even up to that yet, so... like, they Welcome to North Russia. <laughs> they do all the training, and eventually Maverick gets grounded and kicked off, and all this kind of dumb shit, and, and then he literally steals a jet to prove that the run is actually doable by doing it 15 seconds faster than he's been training them to do it. But he'd been fully grounded, like, you will never fly again, and then he steals a jet. Hey, how did he steal a jet? Like, that, I don't I'm- know. It should be very difficult to just walk off the lot yeah. with one of those, right? Yeah. Tom Cruise sure Grand Theft Auto, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, most of those bases are equipped with anti-air. If you try and take one of them from them, like, just be like, all right, cool, keep going, keep going. Boom. Oh, look, he's down. He's, he's fine. That's where the running it, scene comes in. It's gone <clears> down the down the runway. He runs <laughs> after it. He jumps on the yeah. wing, kicks a pilot out, and then he's in. Off he goes. Yeah, Surely that, that's that the running sense. scene. Oh. It has to be. I forgot a little bit earlier. Like, there's a whole lot of tension between Maverick and uh, and Rooster because uh, earlier got my on, daddy killed. That it, it's actually less that and more that uh, apparently at some nebulous earlier point, uh, Maverick pulled some strings to get Rooster's application to the Navy pulled and set his career back by four years. Why? I, I killed your daddy. Now I'm going because to be a dick. <laughs> I killed your daddy and now your career Goose's wife asked Maverick to do it 
Ah, uh, okay. Because she wanted her son to not become a pilot. And he refuses to tell Rooster this because he doesn't want him to hate his mom. Hmm. But this is a big crux of, like, the movie is this weird conflict they're having. So they have this really big intense scene where he, like, yells at him and he fucking hates him. And then they literally cut to what is this movie's equivalent of the volleyball scene from the first movie. Oh, so everyone's happy and, and, and fun now? Yes, but they're playing yeah. football now, not volleyball. Oh, yes. so now they actually get to pile on, not just stand around. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and then eventually, like, so after he steals the jet, the the dude running the base, who, again, for some reason, just gets referred to by his call sign, which is Cyclone, um, or at least it's the only name I remember anyone calling him, uh, it's basically like, what do I do? Do I fire you, or do I stake my reputation on you and make you team leader? And, of course, he gets made team leader. Um, no, so he, fire. He ends up running the, the mission, and he chooses uh, a couple of people for squad one who have to open up the, the hole for, for the squad two. And he brings Rooster. Rooster is yet to show any aptitude in any of the training that would actually make him qualified for this mission. The person who should be running this mission is Hangman. From everything they've shown in this movie, Rooster is not going to succeed. But it's Goose's kid, so of course he has to be on the team. And since Hangman's the douchebag, he of course has to get cut. So they, of course, head in to do the mission, and part of the preamble for the mission is... They fire a bunch of missiles at the enemy airbase to stop all of their Gen 5 planes taking off. So they blow up all the hangars, and they shred the runway, and it, it it's all fucked. Right. So the enemy only has two planes that were in the air before it all started to, to defend with. And of course the team does the fucking trench run, and then they do their fucking rollover into the valley, and they hit the target, and then they... they pull out and they leave and the reason they've had to go through the canyon is because the canyon's lined with SAM sites so they have to go under them okay but when they leave they'll be over them so they have to outrun the missiles that's that's gonna be a lot of missiles though this, Rooster of course this is sounds a like a behind. mission from Ace Combat or I fucking know right or maybe Project that's just where they Man pulled them or, from I think they've literally gone through alright now mission 6 of that game let's build a movie done so, so the way it works is they have to do the trench run under all the sand like literally under them like they're over the top of them as they're doing the trench run then they have to go up a cliff do a rollover so they keep it tight on the cliff edge nosedive down into the bottom of this fucking crater and then do a what is it an 8 it's like a 9G pull up to pull up out of the canyon and get out the other side but the other side is over the SAM side so they have to then try and outrun the SAMs so they all die so what what happens uh, Cruz goes in with his guys they laser the target they hit it uh, Rooster is behind them by a couple seconds because he was kind of freaking out and then he was like dad give me guidance he basically used the force loop the whole mission <laughs> and then they come up and they're like oh no the laser guidance isn't working and he's just like I'll just fucking eyeball it and of course fucking nails it which is just like they refer to these as like miracles like if you were using the laser guidance it's a miracle to hit this yeah and he hits it unguided because of course so they pull out and they're making the getaway and of course there's a really excellent action scene where the dodging missiles and it's all really really fucking cool but of course eventually 
the the missiles of that is coming for Rooster, but he's out of flares, so he can't get away. So Tom Cruise is like, I'll save you, and then dives his plane over the top of him, launching all these flares, and ends up getting hit by a missile. So he crashes. And they're all flying away, and of course, Tatcom's like, just leave him, he's dead, you need to get out of there. And then it sort of fades to black. And then it comes back up, and it's Tom Cruise lying on a lake, in having parachuted out of his jet. And he he's getting up, trying to figure out what he's going to do, and that's when the Hind D shows up, and starts shooting at him, and not hitting him. And so he runs away, and dies behind a tree, which gets shot by the Hind, and it doesn't shred the tree and kill him. How? I know. It, like, I know it's dumb movie stuff, but, like, this movie has been predicating itself on realism, and it just threw it all out the window. Now, what happened was he realized he was in a simulation and that trees are immortal objects and can't be destroyed. <laughs> it certainly feels that way. And, of course, just before he gets shot up again, like, a missile hits the hind, and it's Rooster. He's come back to save him. Somehow dodging all of the SAM sites to get here... I know anyone who's not critical of this movie is probably going to be like, but they shot them all trying to shoot them as they left. Well, then what the fuck was this one that shoots him down? It's no. really stupid. But he, of course, ejects, and this is where Tom Cruise gets his running scene, trying to run through, like, shin-deep snow in flight gear. It looks so fucking goofy. It's not, like, cool running down a highway or something, or, like, it's just, like, weird like moonwalk jogging through a snow-filled forest it <laughs> that, looks really stupid that sounds like a director who's like it's in his contract he has to have a running scene like i'll give him a fucking running scene <laughs> try we'll running this you dick his full cardio will just be this one run hmm? um of course he finds him he's alive they have a whole like but i killed sacrificed myself for you but i came back what were you thinking you told me not to think and it's dumb but they meet up and they're like, okay, well, we've got to get out of here. And this is where the movie, like, 100% changes. At the point where he wakes up and the hind comes, it's a different movie. But, like, it completely changes after this to something else. Because hmm. this movie has been somewhat grounded. Yeah, it's a dumb action movie and they're, like, pushing the limit and all that kind of shit. Um, but what they do is they go to the airbase that was destroyed. Okay. And there's all these guys running around trying to put out fires and all they literally walk across it into the only hangar bay that isn't destroyed. And of course, it contains, I think it's an F-14, which is the plane that Maverick flew in the first movie. I, and they manage to... And they fuel it up and get it ready, and then they take it out onto the runway, which is destroyed, by the way, and there's only a little bit of a taxiway. And somehow it's enough that Maverick gets the plane up and off the ground and flying this is all fucking patently absurd they yeah. can't call anyone and they have no radar because this thing is fucked they get up into the air and then those two jets that I mentioned all that while ago that haven't been around show up these gen 5 fighter jets hmm. and they of course like oh that's one of our jets so they fly up next to it and like they're trying to do like hand signs to communicate with him because he has no radio and of course he fucks it all up and it's he can't sign back anything useful um and then he's he notices that the other jet has moved into its attack envelope to just shoot him down mm. at which point he you know like turns hard and like wipes out one of the other jets and it starts to fall out of the air and then the other one gets its tone lock and shoots a missile at him and he's like no i'm gonna dive in front of the 
other one and that's gonna save me i don't know how they were moving forward and the other jet fell straight down so you know Imagine. physics go fuck itself they that can have... basically be any movie tom cruise is in welcome to tom cruise another installment of fuck physics yeah it it's really dumb though because like again this movie's been playing around with realism and then they, he has this protracted dog fight with this gen 5 fighter jet in this antique comparatively uh, one of the things he does is he's like oh we've got to fly down into the canyon because then it's targeting computer will be confused and it can't shoot us with his missiles he then proceeds in the F-14 to get multiple tone locks and shoots it with missiles how is your shittier jet got a better targeting system than the new one and didn't they just use targeting systems in a canyon and they weren't getting confused uh, no that was when they went into the in they weren't in the canyon anymore they were dropping into a and they were using laser guidance they weren't ah. using um the tone lock function of the jet yes because pointing a um, laser is so much less reliable than a fucking <laughs> than a computer locking onto something all I want yeah. in some movie somewhere is like the heroes in the antique think ah oh, we can still take it and just be mowed down like well yeah. I mean burnt oh there they go this movie's been harping on this idea that it's got nothing to do with what jet you're in it's the pilot I and Look, to some degree, that is true. Uh, uh, a better, more experienced pilot can make more effect out of what they, what tools they have to use. I mean, it's just an experience thing. That's, like, everything. Yeah. But he's not just trying to make the most of a shitty setup. He's completely outclassed by this other jet, and he's just tooling on it. It's so fucking stupid. Does he, fly, he, course, does he at least fly upside down so he can look upside down at the pilot in the other jet uh, like, I think he does there's do a pretty maneuver. iconic scene from the first movie yeah. so they'd have they do to it at in least the throw it in there uh, I'm assuming the, the only reason they survive is they've basically got the equivalent of Ralph Wiggum flying the enemy jet <laughs> look I mean he no, he does like wicked cool tricks in the jet that you could never do in the F-14 like mm. they do this thing where like he they, they try to shoot him and then he does this like crazy spin backflip stall thing to get behind them again it, like even Tom Cruise's character is like what the fuck was that so they're versing Russian Maverick essentially yeah kinda but you know that's not as good as all American Maverick America. and you, you go through this whole thing and you know eventually he of course beats them and then they're on the way out and then he's like we, we just got radar and oh no there's one more and then it's like right in front of them and they try some shit and then they're like well we're gonna die and then of course Hangman saves them because the douchebag has to save the day. Yeah, did they he has predicate to have a redeeming his feature. change? Yeah, did they predicate the redemption in any way, shape, or form? Oh, no, no. Time? He shows up and goes, "Oh, I'm good. I'm very good." <laughs> he keeps being a douchebag. He doesn't stop. I no, maybe just Buzz Parsons like, "Oh, I was just coming back to shoot more shit." Uh, yes, I'll take responsibility for this. Um, the whole point of this shootout, as far as I can tell is because if you get five confirmed combat kills you're considered an ace mm. and Maverick got three kills in the first movie so he had to pick up two more in this movie to be considered an ace <laughs> and as far as I can tell that's the only reason they just had this like if you had plucked Tom Cruise out and then picked any action star from the Expendables and put them in the jet it would have made more sense fair it, it's really it like it's another movie bolted onto the end of Top Gun. I don't know why. 
and like I've seen some people being like, oh, but they like, they it, it's a subversion of expectation and all this kind of stuff to have this whole other sequence. No, the subversion of expectation would have been if Maverick had died. Yeah, because the minute he sacrificed himself, I'm like, he's not dead. They're not gonna have the balls to kill Maverick. That would have really been the subversion. Have. That would have been a really good ending. You know, Maverick is gone now. Pass the torch onto like Rooster, what the hell his name was. Or if yeah. the opening scene where his plane blows up is actually a throwback to Greece and he's actually dead. This is his brain throwing out his last fantasy. Ha! I mean, it certainly yes. feels like it. Just him falling from the sky being like, I'm a top gun. <laughs> I was that good all along. Yay. Yay. <laughs> But he gets uh, back and they celebrate and blah, blah, blah. You, you know, standard 80s style movie finisher. The one thing I've left out of this entire retelling, there's a romantic subplot. Of course there is. It, it, who is it this time? Didn't he already no, no, have it, a wife? It's it's the same girl from the first movie. Oh. They've just okay. apparently had an on and off thing in the intervening time. And at the start of this movie, she's like, let's not do that. And then like halfway through the movie, they bang. And on and off thing for 25 years? Some bullshit like that. Yeah. It's really dumb. And, like, the fact that I got through this entire basic synopsis of the movie and didn't need to bring it up at all should tell you how fucking superfluous it is. <laughs> I have the a question. story isn't um, Maverick and this girl, it's Maverick and Rooster. That's yeah. it. That's the only characters that matter. So. If you were to have a shot every time Maverick breaks the fucking law, how drunk would you get? A pretty fucking drunk. Yeah. Um, he makes multiple... Like, he's being pulled up all the time. I mean, the first thing he does is blow up that billion-dollar jet against orders. Mm. Uh, launching the entire thing was technically against orders because he was supposed to wait for the other general to basically come and shut him down. He just hadn't been shut down yet, so he didn't. Um, there's other bits where, like, he breaches the hard deck. Um, he's pulled up multiple times for other, like, extreme maneuver. Like, the, the, the thing where he does the rollover and looks at the other pilot. Like, he's mm. not supposed to do that. It's wicked dangerous. Yeah. Um, and he gets chewed out for it. So, like, he's getting chewed out this whole fucking movie for basically just being this, well, for lack of a better way to put it, maverick. Mm. And, yeah, it, he, like, he's an idiot so much of the movie is Tom Cruise's character doing stupid shit and getting away with it yeah I mean that like, sounds about right for that kind of generation of like where that movie came from like remember back in in the day where every single movie seemed to refer go around oh it's we have this program but this other program wants to take our funding and normally it would revert back to we're gonna fight the other program and prove we're better Mm. and they do that kind of stuff that's what I was expecting from the start with the drone things if you can do better than our drones we will you know, we'll let you keep your funding but you know no but just I, waste a billion dollar jet and keep your yeah. funding I do want to see at some point where like these two like, programs make that bet and then the other one wins but the army's still like we're still going to fund the fucking drone thing over you guys <laughs> like, because pilots are expensive yeah just like at some point it's like oh but we we won the, the bet like yeah you bet with the other team I mean <laughs> you didn't well, bet with the army as a whole <laughs> yeah I mean a good example is actually the mission they send these pilots on mm. a big part of the problem with doing it is that massive G bank at the end 
because they have to like hard pull up and when they're doing the training sequence they show one dude attempting it in simulation um, and he pulls too many G's and, G's and passes out because mm. that happens he's human guess what a drone doesn't care about <laughs> yeah so, so that would be the ideal thing to put drones into at that point it's like oh we have this like near impossible thing to do send some drones get them to yeah. do it it's fine like how interesting would it have been if they'd called Maverick in a Top Gun pilot to teach a bunch of drone pilots that would have been interesting actually yeah that would be because they're gonna need the same skills he has to fight yeah. pilot the drones just they don't have to worry about their bodies dying or if someone shoots it down acceptable losses it's a drone mm. that would have been a much better movie to be honest and like, I'm not gonna necessarily say it'd be better movie, but it'd be more interesting. Well, mm. and then then to show off like his flying skills to get out of there, like the drone that he's piloting gets damaged, so it can't upload some final intel, whatever it is. But he can still connect to it to fly it, but he has to physically fly the drone out of there through all of this shit going on. Yeah, mm. at least then show some weird shit you can do with drones instead of just like, okay, we're very limited by our pilots and technology here. They could have taken it even weirder down the rabbit hole of that one and just have Tom Cruise trying to teach an AI how to fly. Nah, that's too far. That'd be I think he still dumb. needs the human element. Like, of say the movie Stealth? People. Didn't they already do that? I can't remember. I don't think I've ever seen Stealth. Watch it. You want to see stealth, a bad plane movie? Watch Stealth. Mm. And it's like. That's right, that was the invisible plane. No, it was a, a plane that's powered by. Uh, the, they've given it an AI and they're trying to teach it, and this it suddenly decides. I don't want to be taught by you anymore. I want to be my own nation state. I'm going to kill everybody, as yeah. AIs do. And, yeah. yeah, it's a typical bad, I think, early 2000s action mm. movie, but worth a watch if you want something to burn in an afternoon. Early 2000s. Did it involve Jackie Chan in some way? Uh, no, it it had a whole heap of unnamed actors. Or they were named, of course, but... Actors at the time. We found random people on the street and wiped their memories. They are now actors. 2005 it was. Uh, it go. did have Jamie Foxx in it. Oh, back in the dark times. And Jessica Biel. And yeah, had a few people in it. But you want to burn a, an afternoon on a shitty plane movie? What's that? I'm always keen to burn an afternoon on a shitty movie. Well, I mean, like Top Gun for me would would fit into that category reasonably well it's not like trash like it's like it's probably like a 6 to a 7 out of 10 mm. it's just that like all those cool action scenes are surrounded by drivel yeah this is why like, I, like I've seen a lot of reviews that are like absolutely glowing over this fucking movie like best sequel ever made and I'm like no there's too <clears throat> much stuff that isn't necessary or badly done for this to be a 10 out of 10 best movie it just has great action if you like action movies it's not what it's not too bad to watch if you want to while away a hot summer afternoon not too bad to watch pretty much the only people i could think that would be absolute like oh my god i've got to have this movie are like people who are like you know flyboy wannabes yeah or tom cruise i always wanted to be in the <laughs> air force but i could never do it uh these people tom cruise they, is the the exact person for this isn't it just yeah, he made this movie for like, himself. That no one else. Apparently, I want to fly planes again. It's been in the works for apparently years, 
uh, one of the big ones was uh, Tom Cruise wouldn't sign on to it unless he got Val Kilmer in it, except Val Kilmer had throat cancer. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So he's in this movie, but very briefly, and says like three lines, because, you know, he has throat cancer. Yeah. I won't do a movie like, unless a guy that I know has throat cancer will be in it too, and he has to speak. That's just fucking cruel. <laughs> that is a right. dick move. Well, it all depends how you're looking at it. It's either really cruel of Tom Cruise to make his friend do this, or it was Tom Cruise trying to get his friend a payday. Yeah. Well, he could have done the same thing without any speaking lines. Like, just give him well, a wave. Most, and... of their, most of their conversation is actually with him typing on a computer. Um, hmm. But right at the end, when they get to the big emotional crux of their discussion, he stands up and says the words. Ah. That's why he's only got, like, three lines in the movie. Because the rest of it's him typing on a computer. He should have had a, a creepy Stephen Hawking voice. <laughs> you yeah. are the one, one of the synthesizers. Let <laughs> oh it <God>. go. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Look, like I said, overall, it look it's not a bad movie. Like it's <clears throat> like uh, the way I described it, it could have been far better, but it was far more fun than I was expecting, and I completely put that off the back of all of the flight footage. Like they they really put the effort into that stuff to make it good fair like most of Tom Cruise's movies I, I can't be bothered watching I know there's more Mission Impossibles I just refuse to watch yeah, them pretty much like classic Tom Cruise yeah okay modern Tom Cruise nah go away it's just I can't I struggle to remember the last movie of his I enjoyed and I think it was Edge of Tomorrow and that was not because of him it was because I got to see him die over and over again <laughs> I'm still so. annoyed that, like, because we got that, we will never get um, All You Need Is Kill. Yeah. That's Have you read that, uh, John Doe? No, I haven't. So, the the movie uh, Edge of Tomorrow is based off a manga, which is based off a light novel called All You Need Is Kill. Okay. And it is significantly better. Mm. Alright, I'll track it down. Uh <laughs> You know, last second, throw one more thing on the book club pile. No, abs- absolutely. <laughs> more books. You said it was a, a light novel. I don't know yeah. if it'll be as an audio book, but I'll see if I can't find it on the Kindle. I mean, like, I have i haven't actually read the light novel. I read the manga that got made from it, and that was, was absolutely excellent. I mean, the dude goes through, like, something like 40 cycles before the girl notices he's part of the loop. And nice. he does all kinds of dumb shit, and, like, they start training and trying to practice. There's even some scenes where they're like, well, let's fuck it. Let's just go do whatever the fuck we want for the day. We know it's going to reset. Oh, so they Groundhog Day it for a bit? Yeah, like nice. most things that have a Groundhog Day effect. You know, like Stargate, where they're, like, shooting golf balls through the Stargate. <laughs> oh, I, I do love that episode where they finally give up, and Teal'c finally throws that guy down the stairs. Yeah. But yeah, all you need is kill is is it's good, but we'll never get it because Edge of Tomorrow took the whole idea and basically shat on it. Yeah, there are twelve anyway, books in All You Need Is Kill. Okay, nice. Well, I don't know about that. Like I said, I read the the manga that got made from it. Might see if I can find that manga. It's good. I would highly recommend to read. Anyway, where out past an hour so I think we'll wrap things up for this week you guys yep. have a good one you too mate have a good one everyone bye see you have a good one <laughs>